0: Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast. This is a show where a couple of visual storytellers get together and take on various topics that tend to cross one's path or form an obstacle on the way to this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Jersey Drozd. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host
1: is named... Uh, hello, I'm Rob Stenzinger. I do uh, user experience design, uh, both making apps and interactive stories and also coaching. So great to be here, Jersey, once again. How Good are you dis- doing?
0: Doing okay. Um, at the top of this one, this will make very little difference to anybody watching it on YouTube or listening to it in the podcast feed. But as we record this episode, we're doing a little bit of an experiment. We're actually, in, in instead of streaming on twitch which we have been for some time now uh we decided to try streaming on discord which is uh it's not going to affect the show that you get in the end at all except that it's right now it's not a public stream is it it's only for people who support uh support us on patreon and are part of our discord community
1: uh yeah that's right so it's i suppose it's yeah people who support us on patreon um you know, this is one of those things where we want to keep experimenting and showing our appreciation. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a fun community. Great, I appreciate very much. And then you know, sometimes you get this uh, special bonus things like uh, this streaming. But then you ha- you need to be both supporting us on Patreon and also uh, logged into Discord and uh, with the designation of what being one of our patrons. Hmm.
0: So easy enough to do, you just go to patreon.com slash lean into art, which we'll talk about in the second act break, or first act break, actually. Um, but for those who are new to the show, who are just tuning in for the first time, welcome to episode 319, which means you have a whole lot to experience, and usually we pick a single topic and try to look at it from a couple of different vantage points. We look at like what it's like to experience it when we're doing it, and then how we think about it you know, it, before and after we've experienced doing the thing, making the art And then we close with a two-minute practice where we try to challenge ourselves to do a uh, cost-effective, in terms of time, uh, daily practice for a week and then show up again and report on what our experience was. So uh, our topic this week, though, we're embarking on a new approach, right? We came up with this idea of, like, maybe every once in a while, let's stop. We do this series called uh, Reading, Watching, Playing, where we, like, look at what, stuff we're consuming and engaging with in a playful way as a means of like looking at how, what's informing our art. And then we thought like, maybe we'll try a new approach where we look at what are some things that are stopping us getting in the way, uh, impeding our progress of uh, making our art. In other words, obstacles. What are some of the many obstacles we encounter? And maybe we can revisit this topic from time to time, but we put out a call to the leaners and ask them like, what are some obstacles you you're encountering? Um, what are some things you're particularly struggling with right now? And then we can, and, and knowing that when we got that list, we'd be like, oh yeah, I know that one. (laughs) I'm with you. Uh, and then we could, you know, bring it to the show and like sort of chew on it together. Um, and so we got two, two like sort of, um, I don't know, like what would you call them? Umbrella topics about different kinds of obstacles we encounter when making our art. So do you want to jump into it? Do you want to go there?
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, I don't think we're going to run out of obstacles anytime soon, no. even though we're going to talk about two. In yeah, in yeah. I, I feel like this, this
0: this idea has like a pretty solid and resilient engine in it to keep generating potential topics for the show. So with that said, let's kick it and get into the first section of the show. The music signifying that we're now in the first part. So, um, <laughs> Rob's still going so yeah the the the, a big one that uh came up a couple times from different people was this whole idea of time um time management finding time um not having reliable blocks of time irregular amounts of time and i feel like this is a topic we've addressed in a variety of different ways in the show but I, what I hope will be uh, interesting is sort of starting out from the standpoint of, yes, this is hard. And how is it hard for us? And then maybe through that navigation, maybe come up with some ideas of how we might mitigate it. But like not starting out with that um, pull out of the bag, you know, elixir. <laughs> right. Of Like this will just make oh. time management so easy because it's not in. It, And the thing about it is I feel like it's one of those things that um, it's fluid. Each project is going to have different demands, and each stage of your life is going to be different. And, heck, we're in this really profoundly challenging time right now with the global pandemic. Um, And, you know, both losing work, uh, uncertainty in the economy, and then, you know, Rightly staying home is so as not to spread the the virus. So you put all those together, it's like whoa. We talked about this in the show too. It's like I, I get a little itchy, and people are like oh, with all this extra time we have in our hands from working from home, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't think many people have extra time on their hands right now. So it's just it just feels like this is something that's been much more exacerbated. And I don't even have children. You have children, right? What's that like, Rob? I mean, in is, as far as like how you want to publicly describe it.
1: <laughs> sure um, let 's see it's it's um it 's like constantly trying to have a greater awareness outside of my own experience about how this circumstance is affecting others in my house i mean it's, it i'm i'm working to tune in to how it is uh, affecting my wife and uh two kids and they're at different stages i've got a 6 year old and a 10 year old um, the 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 early experience of the pandemic being you know they were still in school right now they're on summer break and each of those circumstances provided an overall uh, situation to be working through as far as um you know what what can we do day to day to to make to make the most of it because we're I do my best to try to, for me and, and, and and for them and with them to see somehow this is an opportunity, right? Where every single day we are alive and we can face the things around us. We have the chance to make choices and, um, make something of it. And I wonder if, I don't know if I'm successful always. I mean, I know I'm not always successful with myself, but like, I'm trying to, um, you know, so, so tr- working to tune in looks like a lot of conversations. It looks like facilitating different things of like, hey, let's try this. It looks like trying to keep a schedule. It looks like disrupting the schedule on purpose to, so that we're not in a rut. It looks like trying to, you know, keep track of like, we have a lot of different needs. It's like physical, you know, mental, emotional, social. Um, so how are, we, how are we engaging with ourselves in the world? And I'm thinking about this stuff a lot every day. And it's so, it's a job. So it looks like that, kind of.
0: Yeah. It is a job. Yeah. And what I'm hearing in there is maintaining like a real active sense of flexibility. Um, I find that the, the, the working in chunks, I, I do a lot of like hour on this, hour and a half on that. And like I actually recently started, um, doing a thing at the top of my week where, and I've talked about this. I've got a blank page so I can show this off without giving anything away. I've talked about how I manage my uh, emergent task planner, which is, it's just one of these um, graph composition books that I always get every year. Um, When the new school year starts, I get like a big box. As a matter of fact, can you see, right behind Ultra Magnus behind me is a big box. I've got like like four years worth of these now. And at the top of the week, I put... (laughs) I put the categories of things that I do, and so I have six ca- six basic categories. I have my teaching category. I have my podcasting category. I have two comics categories. Purple indicates um, personal comics work. Green indicates any drawing that I do for money. And then I have um, hmm. CXC A2Caf. This is my advocacy channel, and then I've got a channel for personal stuff. So this is for like, you know, meetings with friends, self care, things like that. And when I'm mapping out what I've got to do, so under each of those buckets, I put like what are the tasks for the week, and I estimate how much time each of those are going to take. Now, I've been tracking my life with ETP since 2012, so I have a lot of data, and I have a lot of clarity on what certain tasks take, but not all, right? Like this this new job I've got with the uh, Cartoon Crossroads Columbus as the interim executive director there's a ton and, and switching to an online show this year, right? It's like before it's like the show was five years old. They had a lot of infrastructure. They had a lot of routine built in that I could just like lock into. Now it's like, oh, we're reinventing the show from scratch because of the pandemic. Okay. So now there's a whole bunch of ambiguity. And there's a whole bunch of things I have to do. I don't know how long it's going to take. I can guess, but I'm not sure. Right. So like one of the things I had to do this week was put together a slide deck for a presentation that we're doing to update people about what's happening with the show. And I wrote down, well, it's going to take maybe an hour to slide deck. How hard can it be? I've done a lot of slide decks. It took four hours, right? And there was this point where I took a break for lunch with my wife. We're sitting at the table, eating together. And I'm just, all I'm thinking about is like, I got to get back down there. I got to get back down there and get work on this thing. Cause it's, I'm already over budget on my time. Right. And like that pressure makes me not as flexible and resilient because like when I go over budget so like um going back to the budget things like what I do is at the top of the week when I have myself meeting I write out like what are the budgets for like I go okay here's 40 hours that's your bucket you're gonna do 20 hours for CXC you do five hours for this two hours for that like I, I measure I write it all out all the tasks out first estimate the time and then I budget the time and then at the end of the week I'm going through and doing an audit of my budget which is kind of like Kind of a drag, but it's like the only way I know how I'm doing as far as like maintaining a balance between, you know, my work and being a human being. Um so but but it's 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 tough when you start going over budget and it starts cutting into other things. Well, that's not gonna get done this week now, so I gotta move that to next week. And that starts to like kick into kick into your morale a little bit. And it's a lot of work. To stop myself from getting wound up in that, because then I am not a fun person to be around. I'm not being a very good husband, and also I'm not. I'm not allowing myself the space to exist as a human being if I'm always in that 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 spiraled up headspace of I got to get this stuff done. I got to get this stuff done. You know. Hmm.
1: Oh, I've lived in that cycle so frequently, so many <laughs> times. Um, at this time for the last six months, I have, um, I don't do severe time budgeting because there are too many variables. But what I do is um, I work toward certain critical deadlines and then with a whole sea of other things that I keep in a fresh set of lists around me. So I have my goals for the year and that's a process that I do a variety of things, including like this the process that I shared with uh, with Kate um, uh, in a workshop that called uh, goal setting using design plus storytelling, and that uses a workbook that we made called uh, the Where Next Journal, and it's sort of taking like a large granular large granular view of of, of the big picture of you know where have I been, where do I want to go, and do some different creative work to try to break patterns to see things fresh. Right. So you get that expressed. I turned that into more specific goals. And what's funny, actually, uh, Kate and I just talked about this on uh, our podcast too, uh, art and science punks. And, uh, this is a, um, you know, so that kind of gives me this general direction and like, um, where I need, where I'm trying to work toward. And because of my current life circumstance where I'm working on essentially a variety of, of independent, Uh, business stuff. I have some flexibility, but then deadlines interspersed in there. And then also, you know, helping the family here too. So it's, it's helped me to set aside a lot of the um, uh, keeping a really tight rhythm on exactly what I do in the, in the days overall. But what I do when I have a, have a session, it's kind of like, I trust that I know I will put work in And so earlier in the pandemic, that was, that became nights. It became, oh, once everyone's in bed and now it's becoming a little bit more, you know, possible during the day. So either way, in either case, it's, it's like do some stuff, make sure things are are going well, create the possibility to have a window to work on things. Now that I'm working on things, I'm using that time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, I heard a little... Okay. I, I must've heard my own voice coming back. So I, um, let's see. So I, I know I have a time window. Now I get really particular how I use that time window. Mm. So I will try to um, switch contexts with some kind of just make marks on something, get some warm up, do some brainstorming, do something that gets me moving toward something. And that can be practice writing And that often gets cycled back into my different, my different projects and work where I start talking. I just get the things out for a few minutes and now I'm able to then do something like, okay, I ha I blurt out a bunch of tasks and I, I run a gauntlet I see how far I can get with, with this stuff that is pointing toward the big goals I need to get to and That's it. Then at some, at some point the session ends (laughs) and then um, I take stock of where I made it, where, you know, where I didn't. And then I know I will do another session again. So what I'm hearing in there
0: is there's like a little bit of a trust in the process, right? Um, There sounds like there's, what you're doing is you're, instead of like strict budgeting, creating a block, here's a block where things can happen and what happens in there? We'll find out, but I'm going to trust that things are going to happen in there, which will help keep my morale
1: up and keep me going. Um, I, cr- I work to create the, the block to bring the block into existence. And then I use the block when it's in, when I, when I can, how
0: do you bring the block That's into roughly, existence?
1: How, how does that happen? Um, well, um, it's, it's a conversation with the family as far as what's the flow of the day. Um, what's the timing as far as, you know, who's doing what, when, and, uh, then I can, I can see where, you know, a block is possible or, I, or I have, it's on my mind. I need to work on things. So I will, you know, make that part of the conversation. So, so it's about, well, collaborating with the folks I live with and, um, you know, being, being purposeful about like, I need to make this time. Cause if I chose not to do that, then I, then it would be, um, the only obvious time to work on things would then be when everyone's asleep.
0: One of the things you're really good at, and I know this is hard one, um, skills is you're really good at making explicit what your intentions are about things. And I am definitely busted on having a conversation in my head that I think everybody else can hear. <laughs> and so I'll show up and be like, well, what I, I need, I needed this time. What are you talking about? I told you, no, you didn't. Oh, Oh, did I have that conversation just with me? And I did, and I put it in my ETP, but I didn't tell you about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're a, we're a family. We should collaborate. That's probably a good idea. Um, so
1: yeah, it's it's the way I look at it, right? I mean, we're we're experiencing a life together. Mm-hmm. That is our, ende- our our collective endeavor. So let's make that collaborative. And yeah, that's just how I how we look at that, and that then lets me do other things. The the other projects and
0: stuff um something i mean to to not i don't want to turn this into like me beating myself up about my approach but like one of the downsides of doing the strict budgeting is that when i go over budget like what i talked about before the stuff that i find keeps falling off my plate is always personal stuff so like when i get into like really busy zones like self-care falls off the plate or something i wanted to do for pleasure uh, falls off the plate, like, like, for instance, in the studio, we, we did a studio tour, uh, sort of like setting up new studio spaces uh, a couple weeks ago. And I've got a corner of this basement office that I just moved into, where I my intent is to set up a um, video game space where it's like, all my systems are just set up, and I could just like go and play like how it was set up in all my previous studios was they were in boxes and I had to like pull them out, plug them in, set them up and then hook them up to the TV. And so it was like, a, it literally was a once a year experience for me to just play video games every new Year's, And I would break out the Atari 2600, the eight the bit NES and our PlayStation one, play a bunch of old games and, you know, relax for the day, which is super fun. But it's like, I should, I would like to have a, to be able to have a break where I just go and just do 10 minutes of Pac man. Right. Um, and like that, that's the kind of thing that keeps falling off when I go over budget, and so that 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 is a tension that I have yet to learn how to navigate very well. Um, so I don't want anybody to misread my budgeting to be some kind of um, prescription or cure, because it's, as you said, there's too many variables, and. Yes, I can accurately budget for how long does it take me to do a certain kind of drawing because I have a lot of data on that and I've watched it for a long time. But when I'm taking on new new projects with a lot of ambiguity, ugh, it's, it's it's such a guess. And so holding myself to that budget strictly is not, um, it's just not viable.
1: Well, I mean, you have a variety of things. So doing doing that kind of intentional planning it has a different job to me it's it's trying to put yourself in a general position to succeed then in the moment at the desk that's when that's when the success is made in my opinion Mm. so you can be better set up or worse set up and if you're doing that budgeting it's you are doing a lot of important like logistics and management but it also gets into an area that i feel is is high risk in so many endeavors and it's the forecasting. Forecasting and estimation is a contentious thing for us individually. Like even you as an individual, is, it's, it's contentious for you. But then you put that in a situation where I've been in oftentimes professionally, is you're working through different rituals that are collaborative and maybe labeled agile or what have you, and you're doing this kind of estimation for, for work and endeavors that ha- you, you have some general you know, sense of what, what can happen or during my you know when i was leading a variety of of different uh, ux projects for a digital agency and all the you know there was a whole cycle of like like getting the new work estimating it and all that kind of stuff that upfront and then you know that became real billable money for the for the organization so it's like i get the value of that estimation but like the only way it works is when you have so much padding because because reality. Yep. And yep. that's when it looks like, well, you're a you're a genius. You can <laughs> estimate anything. Well, it's that's because I tripled my my what I thought in my, you know. Yeah. I used gut and math <laughs> and you know, compared a bunch <laughs> of things yeah. and was pessimistic and tripled it. Yeah. <laughs> And then I came up with an estimate that more or less met what, what truly transpired. And therein, I I think lies the whole, like what's your relationship with estimation and forecasting? How, how do you feel about the precision and are you acknowledging the variables and um, um, you know, your, your own desire for the, for the precision because tons of businesses work on this disappointment cycle all the time where they're like, you know, how, how, how are we going to do this? Well, we're going to do this and what are we going to do? Oh, okay. We're going to do this. Oh, uh, how long is it going to take? Well, uh, it's going to take this long, how much it, And then, then time passes and then it's like, we're over budget. Oh no. Well, it's because we're trying to um, like, we're doing too much uh, to predict the future without actually making it likely to get there. Right. Yep. So for me, it, with the amount of, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's a, it's a certain kind of chaos that, um, that I've, I feel is, you know, it, it is what it is in this time. I only find trust and stability in the whole, like, plan really fast. What can I do with this chunk? And, and so only doing that, I I do a little more than that, but I don't bridge those two very well. Like what you're describing really bridges, like I'm going somewhere, I have these big goals and I, now I've got a forecast and a, and a, and, and a lot of ways to break the big stuff into small stuff and then turn that into a rhythm of effort. And it's a really precise rhythm. <laughs> uh, and then you you go for it. I I skip that middle part more <laughs> or less right now. Right. But but I've certainly been a part of it and I appreciate it and I understand the tensions in there. I I don't know. Like how do you how do you do it with like so when it, when have you done this and it feel and has it's felt like really well met? When does when does it feel Oh, like-
0: oh, like when when we were doing the Rockets book. Like when I'm doing a graphic novel where I have a really like it's very easy for me to estimate in it with a like eighty percent certainty, like that this is the amount of time it's going to take. And then, so like doing that kind of planning at the top, like okay, I've got six pages that I got to do in the next four days, right? Let's break it into like sub chunks. And, and like when it comes to that, like my green section in my comics bucket, um, I'll actually put like okay, what penciling, what inking, what coloring, what lettering do I have to do this week? And I'll I'll like stagger out pages that way it's like that's where it's like it works beautifully and i walk away from every day feeling like uh exhausted but satisfied right um Mm. it's with uh it's with new projects and with projects with a lot of intellectual puzzles to solve that i maybe don't feel like it's easy for me to get into that headspace in order to solve them that it gets really difficult right so it feels so doing the cxc job feels a lot like when i was first starting drawing comics where every page i was learning a new thing every page was like oh i got to figure out two point perspective now you know uh, i've i've only done a couple two point perspective drawings so there's three shots in this page that call for that Time to work hard, right? You know, it's like, and the, those, those were very grueling pages. Like, my early Antarctic Press work was like, those pages took forever, and I was sweating. Like, literally, my body was sweating while doing those pages, you know, because I was learning <laughs> so much while I was doing it. I've done enough pages now that, like, the intellectual problems I'm solving really feel like intuition, I know that there's there's thinking going on, but it feels intuitive, if that makes sense. And the thing I say to my students is like, it's like when you get on a bike, you don't go, where do my feet go? What happens now? You just know. It becomes like this rhythm of your body. You just know what to do, and it feels perfectly natural. It's the same thing when you draw like enough drawings. It just feels that way. But now I'm in a space where I'm doing stuff that doesn't feel natural to me, at least not as much. Or maybe I should put it another way. It's a very complex machine because it's a big organization. So there's a lot of people I have to think about that I normally don't have to think about when I make comics. Right. So it's, it's requiring like a, an intellectual rigor that I'm not accustomed to. Therefore it's more ambiguous. Therefore it's taking three times longer. And that, and I think I like that idea. Like this is something that I tell my students too, when they're starting out, it's like, just imagine it's going to take like double or three times as long as you think it's going to take. And you won't be far off. Um,
1: so as long as you're in the general neighborhood of, of, um, uh set up to do something that like that, right? Where mm-hmm. it what you're describing, it's 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 like acknowledging your own ready readiness for the for the general commitment and like what's your sense of what you have to accomplish. And that's gonna very much change how you deal with the time mm-hmm. because you're not like in one circumstance you've you've acquired the skills and experience, the expertise to uh, to make more safe predictions. And to me, that reminds me of like, well, when I've worked in businesses that are um, they're optimized for one given thing, mm-hmm. but then also a theme in my career, I end up in, in situations where businesses want to do something else new. And that space is what you're not set up to do as well. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing something that you're not set, to, set up to do as well, it doesn't mean like you don't have a right to be there or, you, or what, you know, no, it just, you're a, it's really important to acknowledge the nature of that endeavor is different than the thing you're totally set up to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then like uh, things like um, hyper precise estimation and, and like predictive uh, rhythms of, of successful outcomes of effort over time, less possible when you're dealing with that, that newness. Mm-hmm um so it's worth um yeah so like i guess in some methods i've seen like how do you have a frequent dialogue to continue to 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 understand where you're at yeah that to
0: understand where you're at and to have that conversation with all of the people that you're uh, collaborating with both like your family and the anybody else in the organization that you might be working with um so uh David Arm Arman Trout is in the the Discord chat and is saying like pointing out the the complexity of being in a situation where you just don't know if when you're going to get interrupted right because like and this is this is something I f- I feel for every family out there because everybody who's you know basically staying in your house because it's a good idea to do so to, to you know stop the spread of of the coronavirus um but that means that I mean, let me, let me let me put, I'm going to try to uh, empathize in a, in a real way. I grew up in a house in a very rural area where there was like no place to go. Like my close, my best friend lived 10 miles away, right? Like you just couldn't walk anywhere you wanted to go. Well, you had to walk, but like being a little kid, I didn't have a car. It was very difficult to go out and do things. So like we spent a lot of time just in the yard and I had six siblings, you know, a lot of kids. I did not, and I, I've chronicled all this on the uh four million years later podcast, um, I didn't have personal space. There was no such thing as personal space. Like I would be drawing in the living room and literally kids would come running through the living room and run all over my drawings, right? Like I get it. That's, I know how tough that is. And it's, it was, it was maddening for young Jersey who was like, I have to work hard. I know I'm only 12, but I gotta be a professional someday. You know, I'm taking this so seriously. Um, I totally get that. And, and, in in the moment that the stay at home orders started going out, like my first thought was to all the families out there, like that's gotta be just immensely difficult for people at whatever level of proficiency or professional level in their art, because forget having any kind of personal space. But I kind of go back to something that you said, Rob about like having these negotiations with the family. I feel like there's, there's some gold in there because that Similarly, Ann and I have a top of the day sort of look at what, what do we got? Um, you know, we just moved into this house. We've been having contractors coming in and out. I mean, as a matter of fact, then I recently into art, like I had to like tell Rob, hey Rob, vamp for a little bit because the contractor needs my attention and I gotta go talk to him. And I like walked <laughs> off the stage for a second. You know? And so, and what that means is like ann's in meetings, I'm doing these things, I'm in other meetings, and so we gotta like work out, okay where where we Where's the overlap happening? When can we take a walk together? You know um what are the times where I don't knock on your door and what are the times you don't knock on my door um and you know for me, for somebody who has really celebrated the flexibility that comes out of working from home, like I really enjoy the fact that I'm so available to so many people at like a moment's notice, but like now in the the situation we're in. Globally, but also because of my new job. It's like there are blocks of time where it's like this is I, I it's non-negotiable. I have to be available to this thing at this time. Um, it's difficult for me to have that conversation without feeling like I'm really asking for a lot, you know. Um, but. It's something where I feel like, again, taking a lesson from you, Rob, is like being explicit about what I need to get done that day and making it clear, not in a way where I'm like stamping my foot and making a demand, but saying like, yeah, these are the things on my list. What do you got on your list? How can we make these things overlap and mesh in a way where we both get what we need to get done, done, and the people in our lives get the attention they need from us, you know? Um, I imagine there's a lot of that kind of trading off, and I, I...
1: I can imagine it's only
0: even that much harder for a single parents. That's got to be so tough.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, single parents, um, you know, people with, you know, all kinds of different living arrangements, um, you know, multi-generational households, different, uh, you know, different circumstance. Are, so some folks have, um, are, have a quarantine team, right? Where they've, they've found a way for their households to operationally integrate uh, or do you not have that? And, and also just, you know, um, being, you know, being an a individual, being a couple, whatever your arrangement is, all of it has its own complexities. I think some of the greatest things that, like having the other commitments and stuff to to juggle and, you know, being a parent and a husband and all, whatever, to me, it sort of forces the issue to manage this stuff and to, to, to take some kind of purposeful uh, approach mm-hmm. because without it, I'm not just hurting myself. I'm, I'm hurting people around me. Like I'm making their days less or worse or something. If I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, to, to find a way to make all of our days better. And how do we all succeed? So it, that's just like a natural force. It's like saying like, I better hold on to this pole I'm next to. Cause it's really, really, really windy out. I should, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's I, a natural force.
0: I, I, in that perspective is awesome. I don't think that perspective is obvious all the time to everybody. You know, I mean, because that that's a very practical and very level-headed way of looking at the situation. But when you know, it's like I, I keep thinking about like that view of history is like looking at the ocean. When you're in it, you're just trying not to drown. And so, like, when the chaos of this of the situation that we're all facing. It can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm just... Well, the, the, the metaphor Anne always uses that I love citing is uh, the Kool-Aid Man game. And people can find the video on, on YouTube in the kool-aid man atari game the premise is you're kool-aid man you're moving around the stage and there's all these thirsties who are coming in there's a pool of kool-aid on the bottom and if you touch the thirsties you start bouncing around wildly you can't control it anymore You just like the physics engine takes over it's like whoop, oh, you're bouncing around now you're bouncing off the walls but then if you get the, like the power thing that comes through you turn it super kool-aid man and you can knock those thirsties down you knock them out of there get them get them away from the the, the juice <laughs> um, and like Anne says, like, I'm tired of being Kool-Aid man. I want to be super Kool-Aid man. <laughs> it feels like when you're in the storm and you don't, and it's not obvious to you, like I better hold on to this pole, like, you just feel like you're just getting bounced by the thirsties. And that is frustration. And I feel like your perspective and this idea of we're all in this together is something that I, I is, it's like a mantra that I kind of keep going back to. Like, okay, we all need each other to make this thing like livable. And I'm not going to be, very available to everybody if my eye is always kind of looking over at the studio wishing that I was doing something. So we better have a negotiation where how can I be of best presence to all of you and still carve out some protected time. I feel like that's a very gentle and lean into arty way of approaching this idea of what some writers talk about of jealously protecting their writing time, which sounds so... It it has that romance that younger Jersey would have loved, but older jersey's looking at that going like that sounds severe jealously protecting it you know it's like you can't have this get away from me you know don't you dare knock on that door or you're going to find the rageful artist come at you um or we could just have a negotiation so that everybody just respects it and then you don't have to be jealously protective of it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i try not to um it's fine it, like big feelings are are we do lots of funny things with big feelings and i think we can come up with with uh with quirky sayings that have like a like a i don't know it's thematic it's 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 like it's it has a directionally truth and truth enough to it Mm -hmm. but like yeah you play that out it's it's um like saying the whole um like quoting your your other podcast recently you said you would you uh um, there's a drawing that you love so much that you would run into a burning house to save it. Then you were like, Ah, no, I wouldn't, because that's unsafe. Because <laughs> that's not safe. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was also from Four Million Years Later. Um, yeah. By the way, great podcast. Got it. You should. Listen Thank to you. It. Um, the uh, let's see. So okay, fair enough. Jealously protecting your time. Uh, I'm gonna crush this. Uh, I'm flipping tables over here. I'm breaking boards. I'm, you know, Uh, ah, what are you going to do? It's just feelings. You put feelings out. It's fine. We're not being (laughs) saying exactly you're doing that. Right. Um, but what I like about, um, the other thing is it's almost like we're talking about a bubble of something floating in a bigger substance, right? So if you are in the ocean and not trying not to drown, but then, then the, and it's, but then the water's calm. What do you do when the water's calm? I think that's also the critical thing about time management. That's great. And making use of it and finding your own stuff that works for you because we're all all of our realities physically neuro, neurologically uh psychologically all that it's it's different for everybody, right? Some people mm. are going to say, "Hey, when the water's calm, I get the pomodoro going." When the water or or when the water's calm, um I just hold my breath and draw or whatever the heck, I don't know. But, uh, you know, for me, it looks a little bit like, uh, a less severe Pomodoro where I just like, I need a rhythm. It's like having a click track, right. Where it's like, it's keeping me, if I'm practicing uh, an instrument, it's, it's keeping me, um, in sync Mm -hmm. with the idea of time, the idea of time as this weird, hard to fathom and grasp thing that is real yet, so ephemeral or eph- eph- ephemeral. Ephemeral. I, was, I think. Uh. Yeah, it is ephemeral. And I always mispronounce it, which helps me misspell it. It's <laughs> one of my classic misspellings. <laughs> um Anyway, so yeah, yeah that's the, the. So is there anything that you have as a thought, like when the water's calm? Like what's that switch for you?
0: Hmm. When the make wa- use of it. Um, when the water's calm is well there's there's a couple different things i can do depending on what my energy level is which is could be like a bridge to the next section um where it's okay well this is an opportunity for me to have a quick self meeting a self check in that's one could be an opportunity to to go over to ann and say hey you know what let's go for a walk and while we're on that walk let's weave in and out of talking about what we're experiencing in the moment hey look at those flowers over there that's a really nice idea for for a yard and talking about what we're struggling with in the week in a very gentle way. Um, something I try to do in those in those kind of situations. Just like, hey, you know what? I've been kind of re- really having a hard time of lately. You know, not... Uh, I try not to put too much uh, pepper in that throw. <laughs> because don't I'll be like, oh, you think you're having a bad week? You know? <laughs> That's not very helpful. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm up against. Um, it, or... Or depending on what, what it is, like if I've, like, th- just before we did the, sh- the show today, I found myself with 15 minutes uh, to spare, and I was like, well, you know, I've got uh, some notes to do in the 4 Million Years Later podcast, and i got to watch this episode of The Transformers. 15 minutes will get me through Act 1. I'm just going to watch Act 1 and write down a few notes about it. And it's like, yeah, I didn't sit through the whole thing in one go, but I did a chunk, and that makes me feel a little bit more optimistic about tomorrow. Because now I know I only have to do acts two and three. I literally wrote it in my ETP. It was like, hey, acts two and three exclamation point, like in a cheerful way. So mm-hmm. hmm.
1: that's really cool. So when the water's calm, um, those are that's the you you described, I think, some really practical tools to to make use of that time. Like so metaphorically it means that uh, you have a window. You're you're in, you're ready to do a thing. So you could uh, you could do a self check in. As, as a way to orientate, orient yourself toward where you're navigating next. You got your. You could do a team check-in um, where it's like, "How are we doing?" When so you're 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 orienting or, together, and then or you could uh, play, go for a walk, or do a chunk of work, mm-hmm. and like that chunking of work is again like, I th- I think that's pretty. Useful, like is a is a broad brush way of like, like I, yeah. You go. There's I, I, ways to deal with that.
0: One thing that saved my sanity personally is is accepting the fact that a finished thing is isn't necessarily going to get done every day. So like I'm still working on the Amazon Academy web comic which hasn't updated in like forever, right? But I've got like a backlog of pages that I've been slowly crunching through, and sometimes it's like I'm going to ink three people on this page. Oops, sorry. That was my computer making that noise um you know sometimes it's like okay you're gonna ink three people and that's a piece you know and that's that whittling idea that we keep coming back to every once in a while but like being okay with that and like knowing that yep amazon academy hasn't updated in a long time and i feel like i feel frustrated about doing this work that isn't getting any kind of feedback loop to it but playing the long game and the short game are two parts of this thing too. There's, there's things that you do that are short game and there's things
1: that you do that are really long game. Hmm. So. Oh, that's great. The granularities are scales. And then you mentioned, um, gosh, I mean, so, so the concept of, of trust, you know, that I think that that's an interesting thing. It's like, well, what can I do? Are you engaging with this, this, this uh, chunk of work in, in, in like sort of, like in a panic state or is, do, you, do you believe that, ah, this fits in with the bigger picture? I know I can, for instance, and you mentioned whittling, which I think factors in there. So the idea of whittling, we've, ta- we've podcasted about multiple, multiple times, but as a metaphor, are you, um, so when you re-engage with your work, are you, are you lost? Do you get, did you lose progress or something? Where mm-hmm. if you whittle, you, you, you can do a little bit of work and then you can set it down and you can you pick it up again easily, right? Because mm-hmm. there's some kind of thing where, you, where, like, you you keep a journal or a log, like I, a change log or a to do list, and that kind of thing.
0: Or and both to 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 be clear and fair and transparent about it, my mental state is always oscillating between being comfortable with that and feeling panicked that I'm too old to be still working this hard on this stuff you know I should have a level of mastery and I should have a a, a professional career commensurate with the amount of years that I've been on this earth right and <laughs> And like when in my calmer moments, I'm like, "Come on, this doesn't have a schedule. Come on, this is a myth. This is a story we have told ourselves as a people that life has stages this way, and it has stages in terms of experience. But to a certain degree, but even so, like these benchmarks that we put up are silliness, and to be slavishly devoted to trying to hit those benchmarks is counterproductive." Um, but then every once in a while, my lizard brain takes over. It's like you're too old. You should be. You should have won seven awards by now, and everybody should love you. You know. Oh well, mm. you're still toiling in obscurity. What's wrong with you? You know. Um, and then I calmed down again. I'm like actually, I just do this because I really enjoy doing this, and this is very fulfilling, even if it doesn't win me a bunch of awards. And come on, what are the awards for anyway? Well, they make you more money. Okay, I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'll stop being a hippie about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: that's so right i mean so our overall i mean maybe this is another tie in to um to the the next section to the next sec- section where the the experience of using the time wh- what is your state as, as where are you at as a being when you mm-hmm. you know you you get to that time and i think Um, I mean, and I know we'll be talking about a lot more obstacles and I think some of that is like, is encapsulated in what you just shared Mm -hmm. where, um, a variety of things as far as, as far as, you know, how we can be, we can be comparing, which I do that too. Um, you know, setting, I don't know, just buying into different narratives that, that cause us to, you know, be pretty agitated about where we're at instead of just, you know, being comfortable where we're at, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's interesting a lot more obstacles i think but then one of those i think that could be related is is the energy that we're we're bringing to it i'm curious like how we're going to talk about this yeah because uh yeah yeah, because we we we
0: spent a lot of time talking about time management (laughs) appropriately um so yeah let's come back and let's take a break we'll come back and we'll talk about like energy management a little bit about that and um looking forward to that but b- before we do that we have to thank some people who make this show possible and those are the people who support us on patreon yes patreon.com slash lean is the website what is it it's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote it's a way for you to say i believe in jersey and rob and in uh, what they do and i want to make it more sustainable by contributing as little as a dollar a month you can cancel at any time uh, but, you know, just do a one-time contribution and go avail yourself of the stuff behind the scenes. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on an ongoing basis. First up, David Armantrout. Thank you, David. David's actually participating with the show live in the Lena Discord. And Dado, D-A-D-O. And you can find Dado on Twitter at DadoTronic. Thank you, Dado. And Greg Horvath. Thank you, Greg. You can find Greg on Twitter at IGMHorv77. And Ashley Knapp. Who you can find on the discord channel at retro outro thank you ashley and finally jonathan warrenson thank you so much it means a lot to us you can join them at patreon.com slash lean into art where you'll find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans the shows we record only for people who support us on patreon and those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want in a safe place with fellow leaners and it gets you exclusive access to the lean into art discord patreon channels where you can participate in live streams like this one as well as share some work in progress, take advantage of the Lean Into Art Brain Trust, and just engage in a social channel there. Patreon.com slash Lean Into Art. Thanks to everybody who supports us there. It means a lot. It does. Thank you so much. Whew, that was some thick weeds we cut through there, Rob, and I feel like we still got a lot of stuff <laughs> on top of us. Uh, so let's do... Continue on with this heavy feeling. How do we get back up when this stuff makes us feel so leaded and heavy and we have to show up with like... uh, What's funny about doing the notes for this one is I did the notes late last night. Uh, It was like the last thing I did on my list. It was at 1030 in the evening. In the evening? That's at night. And I was tired. I was was dog tired because I had uh, meetings during the day and I've been teaching all week and Uh, So I get this section on energy management. I'm reading all the notes in the leaners about like showing up with like not as much juice as you would have liked to have had, and I'm like, I am so there. (laughs) Like I'm I'm feeling it (laughs) right now. Acting. (laughs) It totally was. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like as I was writing all the bullet points that we're going to refer to, I'm like, I'm just like, yeah. This this feels very real to me. And um, it's this is another tough one because I feel like. When I showed up to my work in my early years, and this goes, I'm going to go back as as recently as 2002, which isn't that recent, but from my experience, it doesn't feel like it's that long ago. Um, And I was like, I was really working hard. And and I told the story a hundred times, like when I made myself sick, because I was like sleeping four hours a night, working a day job, pursuing a freelance career and working on my first mini series. And I'm like, I'm not going to let any of these balls fall down. Because if I lose my day job, can't pay the rent, I fail my family. If I Drop the ball on my freelance illustration career. This new burgeoning thing that I want to become my main gig halts. First comics miniseries. I've waited my whole life for this chance. I'm not going to fail on this. So like I put like everything I had into all three channels, which is like that's a recipe for disaster. Um, and yeah, I fainted the first time in my life. I fainted at work. I walked in in the morning and I fell down. You know, mm. um, and and it turns out I was malnourished. I was exhausted because I was you know I spent four or five months, sleeping only four hours a night and only eating one meal a day. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm a hero. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're sick. Mm. <laughs> Fix it. Um, so, but, but going back to that time, like I remember, you know, I'd come home from work. I would take a, ha- a half hour to an hour nap. I would eat dinner with my wife and then I would go into my studio and I would draw until four o'clock in the morning, you know, or two o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. Yeah, it was two. Cause I got up at six. Um, and I remember like, showing up to those pages was really hard. It was really hard because I felt like the rest of the world cheated me out of the time and energy I needed to really properly attend to this endeavor that means so much to me, you know? Um, that's mm. tough. That's tough. I've, I've been there and, and it, it sucks. It is. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I, I can identify with um, being... Uh, my the youthful Rob had a similar relationship with, um, you know, mismanaging energy and time and all that, uh, and and really n- not doing a great job of of getting sleep and, and stuff like that. But the um, so I could echo that same you know, similar experience. But but um, late, let's see. Uh, a different situation is well switching energy due to emotional circumstance right so um like one of the re- one of, you could have this with or without the pandemic right you could order it with a yeah you got the full pan- pandemic um unlimited buffet or or <laughs> not you just you know bought it you know bought a, a, a small sample to go whatever your case is the idea of like dealing with big emotions because it happens, you know, you live, live with people, you're a human being. And like, honestly, the kiddos have been having various ups and downs with this time. And how do we, um, you know, you switching contexts and, and being there and being present and, and working through some hard feelings and, and whatnot, then leaving that. So you've worked through hard feelings and then how do you f- feel after that. Right. So sometimes I'm successful at being like, well, that was their feelings. I am me where, you know, um, there, I can feel really connected and care, but like, not like it's my burden. Right. But then there's other times where it's like, Oh no, like I need to do better. And this is, and I don't know what else I can possibly do right now. (laughs) And so like, I may be carrying like a negative, um, like some kind of, you know, burden of negative feelings with me into whatever, whatever else, like a window of time where, Oh, the water's calm. And I'm like, is it, I'm not calm. So, um, you know, metaphorically talking about the time into, you know, to put, put the put work in and be successful with it. Anyway, there's, there's a lot that can, that can be, you have an energy mismatch of like, ideally, where do you need to be to be effective with this task? are you is the task something where um like think about things like you've got some great you know ideas about the multifaceted nature of of being a creative independent person and even if you're not like independent you you've got a team and you're or or whatever it is whatever your reality of your professional arrangement it's like you may have to wear other hats to sell what you're making to help other buy, get buy-in, get funding, all that stuff. So marketing, promotion, finding your niche. Maybe you're running a bunch of experiments over a long period of time, trying to figure out where do you really connect in the world with with what you have to share. All kinds of stuff. Um, being present with your 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 friends, your family, networking, trying to do good in the world. All that. Like you could you could take any of these as a reason to be either you know ready but then what does ready look like or not ready? Like, where are you coming up short? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't like some things I like to be fired up for. Um, and some things I like to not be fired up. Um, you know, like I, if I got to get a lot of words out, um, it actually helps me if I'm kind of mad, mm. even if I'm not channeling the anger, it's like I have, a fire inside that I'm putting out by emptying thoughts from my mind. And it's just, they're going and it's like, there's this kinetic channeling of feeling a certain way into like the physical act of typing or, Mm. or even choosing to use, you know, speech to text where it's like, I know I can do something with this feeling. Right. So, but there's other situations where, you know, being fired up. It doesn't help me so much. I don't know. What's your experience with that?
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, well, the, the, the obvious analogy for me would be teaching. Like I want to walk into that room with a lot of energy and I don't want to be dragging before I walk in because it is whether I, whether I have energy or not, I'm going to bring it because I, that's my, the contract I've made in my head with the with the kids in the room. Um, mm. but when it comes to like, so Dan Mishkin just gave me uh, like 10 pages of Amazon Academy uh, page descriptions to start thumbnailing. And I wrote him back and said, Hooray, I can't wait to get lost in this. You know, that's a very mellow, very meditative, very like Jersey disappears when this is happening. And that's what I love about the, the comics work that I do is that part. And that, that is very dislocated from my emotional lizard brain that's very much like it, it it's exactly the same feeling that I got when I was doing meditation seriously when I was starting to lose that sense of self um, so and in same thing with um, whenever I have to do any kind of like marketing writing or writing to um, make a project more clear to other entities like so other people i might you know, be working with on a project like that's something where I want a lot of quiet and I want to have like my cool analytical mind on um i don't I don't trust myself when I'm in an emotional state when I'm doing that stuff um and you're right I mean that's one of the that's one of the dynamics of being in a family and having people in your life is that um, any people in your life like a friend who might be inadvertently pushing my buttons right because like I might not be managing my boundaries properly um and suddenly I'm really, I'm like foamed up about something. And it's like, now I got to switch gears and get to this work. And now the work's not happening as well. Well, dang it. That person who made me angry about that thing or right. Um, like when I get, when I find myself swept up into something, it's difficult to switch to the gear that I need. It it, it makes it more challenging to switch gears into the thing I got to do. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like, like finding like, so, so, you know, therapy has been helpful in the past for me with, like, learning how to um, watch something happening and empathize and feel connected and, and responsive to it without getting swept up into it. Um, isn't the easiest thing in the world to practice? Um, but that's, that's been helpful to managing that energy so that I can show up as much as I can with 100% of my real self. Does that make
1: sense hmm. Well, yeah, it makes a ton of sense because I think our how we relate in our relationships is going to affect a lot of the energy the the consistency right where it's it's like are you know are we let's see if we're able to to, to navigate and you know connect with our relationships and all those kind of commitments in a way that we still have a, a strong this healthy sense of self, when we transition in and out of, you know, being, you know, being near with those, with those folks, um, we're better set up to, you know, to, to take on the the thing. Cause in a way it's, I guess the topic would be the energy. This is my interpretation energy to act on your project. Mm -hmm. So like you, you put in the notes, finding the resolve and the energy to pursue your side project. Or or any project, it's like, what is? uh, And I I so yeah, feeling ready, feeling capable.
0: um, Yeah, or even feeling feeling, like that's like what it's feeling like. The challenge is a worthy challenge and not a challenge put upon you, right? So like the things we talk about like some of the comments from the leaners was about how it's like, gosh, I got to do like this networking thing. I got to do this marketing thing. It's like, I put all this energy in just the making the thing and I got to find new energy for these other aspects of making this thing into a sustainable thing. Practice leveling up. Leveling up does not always feel great. Level, As a matter of fact, I would say 90% of leveling up is brutal, right? Um, I'm going through that right now with all of the complexity and ambiguity that we're, go, that we're going through and with this new job and everything. And there's so many times where I feel like I am not the right person for any of this, you know? <laughs> like, that's not an awesome place to, to be, right? It doesn't feel good to feel that way. And so I try to remind myself that, okay, this is part of leveling up. There's going to be a point where it's going to feel a little less difficult, right? It's that whole Kazuki the stages of making a thing, right? This is, this is hard. This is terrible. I'm terrible. Hey, not so bad. That was awesome. You know, it's like, I know the part that's going to come in where it's like, at least they say, hey, not so bad.
1: Say, <laughs> hey, is there, um, I'm just, uh, just a quick logistics mm-hmm. check in. Um, mm-hmm. your audio is getting super crunchy for me. Mm. Um, just, yeah. Oh, I don't know if that would uh, it'd be a chance to maybe pause the crawler or something.
0: Oh, let me, um, let me do that.
1: That affected the audio.
0: Well, let me, let me pause the crawler and we will, uh, Switch out of studio mode and turn off the bottom crawl, and let's see if that helps with the bandwidth at all.
1: All right, let's find out. Okay. Um, also, yeah, I was talking really so fast. Talking just... <laughs> so, you you have a high baud modem <laughs> in, in voice for better or so, worse. Um. Okay. Well, how do you? Yeah. There's the, the, the experience over time. Ah. So the energy engaging with like, it's, what are you bringing from your, the thing you just were in, like your past, your, your previous context to now the, the next thing, which is you're trying to face the project, right? What are you bringing with you? Right. But then there's also what is it and when is it? And I have a, I know I have a lot of challenge dealing with the, um, the later stages of a creative endeavor, the, the refinement stages. And I do have challenge too, with both Mark, with marketing and merchandising as well. So, uh, you know, the good news, bad news. It's like when you do this over time and you reflectively look at like what's been going well and what could go better. And you collect this, these, ob- you know, the same observations over and over and over again, like, well, I mean, are you going to just ignore it and say, Hey, I am who I am. Or are you, you know, you're listening to a show like this. You're probably curious to think about like, what could I try different?
0: Yeah,
1: I'm guessing. And uh, so, yeah, eventually I I do like, even clarifying what is going well and what's not, because not one part of the energy could be like, I don't have the familiarity to have the precise vocabulary to diagnose what the heck is missing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, that's part of the, I maybe a, a portion of the level up and practicing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Difficulty. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- I feel like in most of my experiences where I've done any like real skill acquisition, there's a moment where I feel like I'm just punching in the dark and I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and, and that's the part when I usually get into like these, like these bad conversations in my heads, uh, in my heads. Oh, there we go. Uh, because we're all a multitude, <laughs> right? Um, these conversations about like, you know, it's like, well, this is the part where you found out that you're a fraud. Get out. <laughs> like, well, mm. I was asked to be here for a reason. You know, I, I, I stood up and came to this thing for a reason, you know, something, some language I use a lot in my conversation. Cause like some, for better, I, I think people mean well when they do this, but they say to me, you know, it's like, Oh, well Jersey, we know you're really busy, but, and I'm like, well I am, you know, it, but uh, this is my job. This is the life I chose. You know, I, I, I know it's hard, but I chose to be here. Right. And I, and I, and I try to like externalize that for their benefit and mine, you know, um, mm-hmm. not, 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 not in a defeatist sort of way, but more of like, I, this is me trying to consciously accept that this is going to be difficult, ambiguous, and scary. And it, I'm not always going to be a hundred percent at it, but I'm not going to,
1: uh, I don't know. Well, to me, I hear you're you're clarifying a boundary in how you engage with it, yeah, and making that explicit, saying, "Ah, right." So that concern you have, um, let's set that aside because I don't. I'm not making that your job. Yeah, that's my job. I got this, and so let's move on to what your concern is, right?
0: Yeah, and Um, and I felt like that's helpful too with helping me with negotiating um, delegation, right? And I mean, in terms of a family too, right? It's like, so like, I feel like when I make that, that boundary around myself, it's easier for me to ask Anne, like, Hey, could you this week do this thing? And I'll do that thing, you know? Um, And I'm not just talking about like, Oh, well, I'll take out the trash if you do the dishes or I'll do the dishes. If you take out the trash, I'm talking about like, well, for instance, we have a contractor here in the house today and Anne's handling it right now while like talking with them while they're finishing up their work. And uh, while well, I'm doing this, that was the negotiation that we had this morning, you know, so.
1: That's, that's pretty cool. Um, so then, so, and that's, that's another aspect of, there's a, there's a time a- dimension to all, to all this. So, so like energy, there's, there's an energy dimension to the time topic. There's a time dimension to the energy topic, because there is the, the seeing how you can set yourself up to be able to channel your energy, right? Where. Mm-hmm. And then like how do you how do you get there? Navigating the boundaries and the commitments. And then uh I guess so what about what I know we've we've gone pretty pretty long on on the time topic, but then uh to, to do a little bit more on the energy, I'm wondering like what about um when we talked about like what it looks like, it feels like and characterizing it as a certain kind of concern, but what about the um just arriving where you're, you've come up short. Um, mm. I'm
0: gonna show what up do you with, do then. Yeah, right? what do I do then? Yeah, that, I've got but, it, you. Got a mismatch. You need yeah. some
1: energy. Feeling not so not so great.
0: That's that's a a very good question. Um, yeah, I feel like that's something in uh, where I'm making like a call on the field. You know, um, there like so again to go back to the notes thing when I was doing the notes last night, I was like, well. I know it doesn't take me much more than a half hour to an hour to do this. Surely I can see that to the end, right? No matter how much I'm dragging on this, I can stop and I can and there were a couple times I just stopped, took a break, put my, you know, my hand, my face in my hands and kind of like rubbed my temples and said, okay, a couple breaths, get back into it, work a little bit more. Um, if it's something where the end or like the the, the clear um progress isn't immediately apparent and it doesn't look like it's gonna be apparent in the next hour, then that's when I have like a self check in, like, well, maybe you'd be better off if you got some rest on this. Maybe this is something where it's not worth pushing yourself for, but I mean, but there's other variables there too, right? It's like, well, how close is it to being due, right? This might be a time to crunch. Um, not, not to celebrate crunching, but there are times for crunch. Um, you know, uh, how, you know how much did I hope to? How far did I hope to get in? How am I taking something off of Future Jersey's plate by putting in this little extra effort? Like again, going to the, working a little bit on the Four Million Years Later podcast today. It's like okay, well, I, I just took fifteen minutes off of tomorrow. That feels good, you know, and that that helps with that energy a little bit. Um, mm. but yeah,
1: so, I mean, reaching for a framing mm. and giving context of like. Um, I mean in in a way it's it's a budget it's a it's a it's a it's a different kind of budget so you showed up to the task with only you know you know this much of a reservoir of energy but then ideally you'd you'd come up with you know so much energy you're not even thinking about energy and that's but but you're you're not in that circumstance Mm. so then you have um some kind of triage where You could deal with how you're looking at the tax, how are you looking at this? So you could just manage with the budget you have. And, um, but how you're looking at it, but then there's also sort of uh, techniques too, that you can dig into a well, like there's somewhere in a toolbox, you've, you have um, some patterns for problem solving. Maybe this is a time to, to do that. Maybe this is a time to pull out a formula or just some kind of rote process.
0: Where, yeah. Yes. Um, a template. To go to a comics example, this is something I tell my students all the time: is that comics, and I'm speaking specifically about comics. I'll 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 count on Rob to be able to find like the way it maps onto anything else. But it's like comics is a medium that invites you to cheat. And the example that I always use with them is like this Jack Kirby panel where the script called for the plane tumbled to the ground or tumbled toward the ground, engines on fire, everybody on board screaming in terror. Right, and You can picture that in your head and then you look at the way Kirby drew it and he drew a silhouette of a plane with smoke coming out and a giant word blue that said yeah in there. And he met the requirement of the panel but he found a more efficient way to do it. And so there's and, and I think of something Fabian Nesienza once said about like comics pages like you get one panel to show off. Everything else is just yeoman's work. And a way that I make my work more manageable is looking for efficiencies and and trusting that Not every moment or every drawing has to sing. There are some panels that are just there to do a job, you know? And this is where like Wally Wood's 22 Panels That Always Work comes in. And I know when I was first starting out and like I wanted everything to like be like this tribute to my love of this medium and it would be somehow insincere or glib for me to show up and do a silhouette panel because like... You know, like a, a young person might say, well, that's cheating, but Young Jersey was saying like, I don't want to ever look somebody in the eye and say, yeah, I just phoned that in, right? It's not phoning it in to look for more efficient ways to get the thing, get progress done on the thing, right?
1: It's really good. I mean, so you're prioritizing what you've committed to. Like, have you committed to appeasing your own ego, right? Um, have you committed to? Um, oh God, I'm so to... busted on that, <laughs> so busted. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm rephrasing. I, know. I am not like, I know, I'm I not know. Accused. I'm no,
0: really I, I, I'm gleefully grabbing that light that you're shining on me and pulling it down tighter, Go like, Look at this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well, we've all done it. You get attached, getting attached to the way you're solving a problem, thinking of like, Well, just one more thing. I now. So every project has this cycle of learning to it where you could, so you could take your big, full reservoir of energy and waste it. That's another oh option gosh, too, yes. as far as the energy yeah. topping, you can say, I'm rich in energy. Look at me go. I'm going oh to just God. do everything I whimsically decide is important for this, as opposed to being clear, clear about the purpose and with, and, and meeting that purpose within some kind of reasonable principled approach to say like, you know, um, I, cause I, I think Kirby, as you described in your, that story, it's, I, he was principled. He met the need. The need for that was to, cl- to clearly communicate and to con- like through that communication, convey information and emotion. And so there you have criteria that you say, I'm, am I living up to this? Yeah. And yeah. And if you're going further and flourishing okay but what's your criteria for that like how far do you want to go because you could do that and say things like i'm a perfectionist or something like that yeah and and next thing you know you're you're tired and you had all this time and your tank is empty your energy's gone and your commitment isn't met so that's another potential way to engage with it so yeah i have done it like yeah. I don't mean to be like, and I've never done that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've done that a ton. I move the I move the goal pole, the goal on myself, all the time with projects. And I then I what I what I do now is I'm like, I I see that, okay, <laughs> come on back. Yeah, I've, I I captured that in my notes. That's in my journal. Mm. My journal can be full of unreasonable wishes. Let them like just fill yeah. it up. Go ahead but this dang project has to, be, has to meet needs and be practical and, and get, you know, meet its audience.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's a worthy exercise too is to like when embarking on a project is take yourself for a long walk and ask yourself, who, to what am I committing? To whom am I committing? What's the commitment that I'm doing here? Mm-hmm. And try to be honest about it. Although that kind of honesty is hard won. It's, I don't think it's something that is obvious uh, through conversation. Uh, unless you have like a really good friend to bounce ideas off of who will call you out on your on your bs
1: right mm. well i mean that's a that's a matter of um yeah getting clarity on at least a um some decent sketch concept of who you're trying to reach mm-hmm. is um it in inherently that's an exercise in framing in perspective taking and trying to get out of your own head yeah. because you know in your own head you're the you're the boss so mm. And you get to be as unreasonable as or reasonable as you want.
0: <sighs> I, I I feel like we walked around some topics today, Rob. Um with with the understanding that we're not done.
1: Um <laughs> yeah, no exactly. near... We solved time management, Internet. No. You're <laughs> welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I I say that like yeah no. <laughs> but but we, but I think it's a useful framing. Like, there's great. I'm proud of the, like what we explored. So both with time and energy. So yeah, thank you to all the leaners who who you know shared some ideas about those about your obstacles. And I look forward to continuing our exploration of more obstacles, both intentionally in our show through the conversation with leaners, which keep you know keep keep it up and share more stuff. But of course, I will. All, I have plenty of baggage to um, turn around and face as well.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a break, then we're going to come back and talk about our two-minute practice for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Before we do that, got to thank some more people who make this show possible, and those people are us. We make the show possible, and we make lots of things. We think hard about the things we make, and we bring that thinking into this project we call Lean to Art. And the thing that I make that I hope you will check out this week is the 4 Million Years Later podcast. Yes, it's another podcast I make. And uh, it is very different from Lena to Art in that it is a pop culture podcast. I think, no, it's not my first pop culture podcast, but it's my longest running one. I used to do a show ages ago called the Saturday Supercast, which was uh, explorations of like looking at kids' cartoons in a thoughtful way. But this show is me and my old friend Hoover sitting down and watching an episode of the Generation One Transformers cartoon series in story order. And then convening to talk about what we saw from the perspective of how we engaged with it as children and then how we feel about it as adults. And we're often very surprised by this, like what we encounter when we really thoughtfully engage with the show again. Um, and uh, we're partway through season one right now and we're taking a break, uh, not taking a break from publishing, but we took a break from doing an episode by episode synopsis. And season w- two? Did I say season one? I meant season two. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah no problem. And in, we took a break just before all the new characters start sh- showing up in season two to take one last long loving look at all the season one characters one at a time, talking about each of them in order uh, and then starting So the, the episodes the first part was about the heroic Autobots, and then we looked at each and every decepticon which just up, updated today and then next week we resume with season two where we start getting meeting all sorts of new characters um, i'm really proud of this project i don't i don't think it has any. Potential monetary value. <laughs> I don't think that I'm gonna be able to monetize this thing at all. But um, but it's 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 a fun exercise of analyzing story that somebody else made, and I go off on long long jags on this show about like what the thematic th- things that I find in there, the inferences I make based on um, what were probably throwaway ideas, um, and really coming to terms with how I engaged with it as a child and mistakes that i made like uh incorrect assumptions i made as a child and like how that perspective shifts as i enter my middle ages um so you can find it at four million years so yeah that's
1: a it's a wonderful show i highly recommend uh subscribing to it and uh and i think it's it'd be awesome to um I mean, there's different channels to support Jersey, right? So oh, sure. His Patreon, where you're like, yeah, you know, I love that thing, or yeah, and check out, yeah, check out his other works, and that's always a way to say this was awesome, thank you. So speaking of other works, I have a store. I would love it if you would, uh, you know, check out the things I'm offering at uh, robstenzinger.com/store.html. And I do a variety of, of of coaching. Whether you know you want to talk through your own career path stuff as an individual, stuff that's in your way, coaching is not therapy. Coaching is a way to um, to to have a very specific format of a conversation to to just sort of get work through your own problems, and uh, because you know, with the kind of coaching I study, I, mean, I really believe that you have the answers in you. And it's just that we all get in our own way. We, we all have different, different, you know, hangups and, and start to just, you know, focus on certain things that don't move us forward, where if we focus on other things that we also know about, we can move forward. So I, do a variety of kinds of coaching for creative process and and career paths, but also with teams as well with the workshops I offer and also just helping get things going with, with, you know, you know, teams and their career paths and helping out in that, that regard, or even facilitation and collaborative experiences. So you can check all that stuff out at robstenzinger.com slash store.html. And one more link I'm just going to mention too is robstenzinger.itch.io you can check that out i'm starting to share more things there and uh recently i published um i published something that i'm, I'm working on a uh this is you know a little bit of a longer term thing but i'm hoping to drum up some support for it with uh, video game construction kit underwater tomato ninja edition oh uh, i made a choose your own uh path book and also A bunch of assets, that's uh, a combination of code and code examples, a working game, and also um, audio and images that you can do do things like with with characters and particles and backgrounds and all kinds of stuff to play with, where you don't have to make anything else in order to make a game. You can just sort of play a game and, and start to make changes to make it your own. And then, you know, hopefully continue to explore your own game development path. But it's really meant for people who are just curious and starting out where you want to make a game. You can use your web browser to do that. I have it at a new low price of, of um, you know, minimum of three dollars. That's at Rob H dot IO. So check that out.
0: Very exciting. I'm glad to see Underwater Tomato Ninja coming back. it has been a
1: while. Yeah. I'm looking to expand and, and uh to do a second edition. So that, that will be funded by support from, you know, the first
0: mm-hmm. edition too. And the other thing that we make that we hope you will interact with is the Lean Into Art Discord. Yes, we have a forum now and there, this is where we're broadcasting the live stream and there's places, there's public channels for you to, for you to interact in. And then there's also private channels that are available only to the people who support us on Patreon. And, um, if you are If you get something out of this project, there's other people who do too, and they are probably similarly aligned, if not like minded and they would be great people to talk to in the discord and Rob and I are there too so um we're having some interesting conversations about discord itself and like how this small community we have going on there might engage with the season of creative challenges this fall in interesting ways so like and i told them today i was like y'all got my wheels turning i'm thinking hard about this stuff so you could join us at the Lena tart discord the invite link is in the show notes for this episode and every episode and thanks to everybody who has been interacting with us there it's been fun to get to know you more and learn more about how how you're engaging with art and you know providing us with really great material for exploring on the show
1: It is a lot of fun, so that's uh, uh, a very useful thing. I love that experiment. And and um, speaking of useful things and fun experiments, two minute practice time. Hey Jersey.
0: Hey Rob, time to talk about what we've been practicing for the two minute practice. Hmm. The, the affordable way to introduce more regular practice into our lives. Affordable in the sense of how much time we spend on it, which is, guess what? Two minutes. Uh, com <laughs> slash two-minute practice. Um, so what was our practice for this week?
1: Well, it was um, essentially uh, brainstorming about gratitude. And you could talk, you you could Do any kind of, you know, like any of our practice prompts, you could, you could take that in a variety of different ways. Like what does a brainstorm look like to you? You could do it as um, like the way I phrased it, which is you can think of it as ways of ways and situations. And that's um, like, sometimes I like brainstorming. It helps me when I have sort of specific um, buckets to fill in a way. So buckets to uh, fill. Yeah. Buckets to fill, like, like themes, like areas of concern. Mm. You take the big thing, d- divide it into smaller things. So, what's a way of expressing gratitude and what's a situation to express gratitude? There you go, two buckets.
0: Ah. So, mm-hmm. I did a couple practices. I don't feel comfortable sharing them publicly. These are a lot of them were tied into a lot of personal things in my life, but we could talk about, I don't know how much you feel like sharing, but I, I figured probably the, the uh, most effective way to go through it is like, just how did we experience it? What was it like experiencing it?
1: Well, um, yeah, I for sure can talk about the experience, but I do, I can also share. Um, I think I can share what I have. Um, I was, uh, um, I suppose I'll go first. So, okay, Go. So for, for me, I, I divided it up into different buckets than even the prompt. So I, I decided to say who, when, and how, as far as gratitude. And it probably should have been more personal, but this is where I made. So maybe that's a way that um, formalizing and constraining it to to channel that brainstorming could have, you know, maybe it limited me. But mm. here's what I... You know, so here's an example. I did three three sessions. Each session is is in a different um, color of mm. uh, of marker. And uh, so I decided to look at who, and you know, like who can I show gratitude to, and then when, and then how.
0: And you have your who broken into like sort of general categories. So you have
1: friends, yeah. patrons, family, mm-hmm. current and former colleagues. Neighbors, community of interest, co-member, um, like just wide world social posts. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then uh, project and tools I use and enjoy. So there you go. So that's, um, and then that, that's the who and when. And so th- these, like you could draw lines that, that connect uh, any of these. And um, so I could say friend, when, just because, how, postcard. Right. Mm -hmm. So in a way, like this, this is like a gratitude generator. I don't know. Maybe I have a systemic thinking problem. (laughs) (sighs) So as far as when I thought of like, well, just because when it occurs after an event, just because I saw a social post, right. Um, Maybe I just experienced a work of art or maybe someone ordered something from me. Um, Mm -hmm. Then I sort of repeated myself with just because what about just remembering recalling a time. And uh, let's see, just passing by and noticing something in the community discovered a thing. Um, because maybe my my calendar reminded me show gratitude. <laughs> it's time. Um, maybe uh, just giving for the sake of giving, right. And then uh, when I received something, so this is when I could, you know, just when to just get in this habit of showing more gratitude, right? And then how it's like, here's, here's a a quick list. I could do a postcard, a sketch card. I could smile. I could message or text. I could do a mention or dedication alongside something. I could send a mini comic, share a fun link, share a gift, an emoji, a song, a quote, Um, say, thank you for a specific thing. And which is similar to expressing appreciation for a specific thing. It's like, if you meet someone that you're, you know, you really respect their work, then, you know, hopefully, um, instead of being just like I love everything you do, you know, connecting on the specific
0: specificity. Thing. Yes, very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and virtual high five. Yeah, just, yay. Okay, so then any combo of that. There you go.
0: Did the, how did this help you, or did it help you put anything into action?
1: Um. Hmm. Did you act really? On? Oh. I, did, I haven't like put it to use yet. Really. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mine was not Uh nearly that formal. Mine was more like intuitively just like thinking of people in my life and thinking of basically that, that specificity of like, what do I have to be grateful for that they contribute? And I didn't set a timeline on when to do it, which I love that you've got this idea of like imagining different scenarios where you have different levels of energy for what can you do? Like, are you in the moment? Do it just because. Is this something where... um is this something where like maybe you want to set aside like a little time to like write a couple postcards for people? You know, if you have the energy for it, do mm-hmm. it. I love that idea of like breaking that all down so that you have you're giving yourself options, you're giving yourself a menu to work off of rather than, you know, show gratitude now. Ah, what? What? How
1: <laughs> show more? <laughs> yeah. the, okay, how much and how and when? Right. So that's what I tried to do is just set myself up to be able to then start experimenting with, with with just, that's great with it, which I don't know. Maybe this comes off as robotic, but I don't
0: know. I don't know what it's. What you're doing is you're giving yourself a framework to be able to notice when the time is right to do it. Right. It's like, again, you say, be mindful. Well, what does that even mean? Right. And you know it when you feel it, you know, it when you're feeling like you're in the moment and you're noticing all the things around you. But, man, I mean, when you talked about the specificity thing, this is something that I practiced in my life for a long time in that when I go to an event where somebody that I respect or admire is going to be there, I try to cue up three things that I think they do that nobody else does, you know, Uh, or three things they do that they do better than anybody else. Three things that they do that I wish more people were more attentive to and they're attentive to that, right? And it has never failed me. Every time I go up and I talk to that person, I'm like, oh, man, I just want to thank you for this thing that you do. It's like this, this, and this. And and sometimes it's like it totally catches them off guard. Like, I've never been thanked for that in my life. That is, I am i don't know what to do with the fact that you noticed that, you know? Because it wasn't something I was doing on purpose, but I'm grateful that I did it and it had an impression on you. Because what that that transmission is about is you're affecting the world in a positive way, and I am reflecting it back to you, right? Um, mm-hmm. So... That maybe that seems artificial to like think of that ahead of time, but that is a way to protect myself from getting from, to when I fall out of the moment, which happens, and I don't have that information anymore. And then I stand stand there, stammering, and I'm like, "Ah, uh, uh, I just love everything you do." Well, thanks. That means something. It does, but it doesn't mean as much as when you point to that one thing I did that maybe I was sweating it, maybe I wasn't. But you're telling me that what i did mattered.
1: Right. Yeah, i mean i feel like the the gesture is genuine whether someone explored it through some kind of well, systemic approach to say that well, i decided i wanted to show show more and share more gratitude and i then thought how do i break this problem down? And and then turn this into like something I can repeat and whatnot and and uh, engage with, versus saying, I thought of expressing gratitude more, and then I just went around to doing it. I, <laughs> right, so. right. It, it, to, to keep building on this metaphor, it's like
0: um, as somebody who teaches. I have to teach procedure and that procedure will become intuition over time. Right. And the the example I always use is like when you get on a bike, you just put your feet in the pedals and you just go, you don't think about all of the decisions you're making to stay balanced on that bike. It becomes a natural extension of who you are. Right. But in order to do that, you have to learn first, put your foot here, put your other foot there, keep your hands in the handlebars as you move forward, make minor adjustments, you know? Um, I feel like that's the same thing. And that, when I talk about, when I reflect on my experience, is that it did help me more reflexively express gratitude in my daily dealings. Um, It felt, the the strange thing is by artificially sort of preloading it, it made it feel less artificial for me to express it in the moment because I had been thinking about it.
1: Well, that's the, th- yeah, right. That kind of whatever leads to a sense of comfort and action. So if you've, if, if whatever path where you feel prepared enough, then why not? And so for me, yeah, I, I tend to need to, or I I appreciate doing things in this way because I also then can, I think part of it too, is is that maybe the practice of, um, pro- of exploring two minute practices means it's an ongoing teaching endeavor as well, so I am actually looking to both. Um, what, what was the the what was the, <laughs> There's some kind of company commercial that that was on TV so much as uh, when I was growing up that that was like I like the company so much. Uh,
0: oh, I bought the company, I bought, Remington a, I bought the Remington Microscreen.
1: Gotcha. So I'm a yeah, and, and I'm a client or whatever. So they. <laughs> oh, that
0: was Hair Club for it, Men.
1: Yes, Hair <laughs> Club for Men. Okay, so like you know what basically this it's like living this in a way where yeah i'm getting the two minute practice of it but then i'm also doing it to share the the repeatable in a, in a repeatable way where other people can if you didn't have a system to tackle this maybe this will help you or or you decide that totally not my thing i know now for sure yep. to do this other thing which is fine.
0: That's the other that's the other thing that I talk about with my students is that your first idea may be, may very well be the best, but you won't know that for sure until you test it. Mm. So
1: So that's awesome. What uh, um what what I, what other things um yeah occurred to you with this uh well this it's just, it, it
0: the the other thing I got out of it was exploring different ways to do it. Similarly to how you were describing different times to do it, um, it gave me more of, it It reminded me, I should say, of the little things. Like y- yesterday I texted a friend just to say like, hey, I miss hanging out with you. Would love to catch up. Things are nuts right now, but just want you to know I'm thinking about you. That kind of thing. Hmm. Um, it's a small, almost negligible in cost gesture but it was a way to keep a connection active and alive between me and another person. You know, somebody else I wrote down, Oh, I haven't talked to them in a long time. I'm experiencing something right now that they had a profound impact on. I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't met this person along the way. I need to tell them in no uncertain terms that that is the case. And I'm thinking about that as I, you know, encounter this endeavor. So they got a little bit of a lengthier, more thought through kind of thing. Um, So Hmm. it was, it was a good exercise to also just, um, remind myself that I'm here because of the, I was fortunate to meet a lot of people at different times in my life. I am where I am because of all the help that I received along the way. Um, and I can name it, I can point to it, you know? Mm.
1: Wow. Um, That is a, that is a really awesome, very specific form of this brainstorm. Yeah. Like specifically looking back at your path and considering the, the events that were, and the people surrounding the events that, 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 uh, you know, somehow related to you, supported you, helped you become aware, helped you become better. I, wow. That's really cool. Um, opportunity, things that they were a part of experiences and, you know, creative endeavors. And, uh, I yeah. can, now, now it's like, I want to do this. I want to do this practice again. <gasps> Just looking at that. Well, oh, do you want to do that for our next practice? Uh, do, do the, this I'm is your life,
0: that. the, the, this is your life two minute practice. Like look <laughs> for those who don't know, that was an old TV show where they'd bring somebody on they would have a bunch of people like off, off stage saying something about that person's past, and they have to guess who it was, and it was always tearful. Um, I, I Yeah, I I think oh. that... Well, I mean, I find that personally attractive just because I feel like I'm doing a lot of uh, my own personal dismantling of the mythology of the great person. Like, in my youth, mm. I was very... I have this book, it's from, like, 1901, and it's uh, Carlyle's Heroes, Heroic Myths, and the Heroic in History... And he has this chapter that when I was 19 or 20, I just thought it was the bees knees. these. It is all about how history is made by great men. Lightning strikes, the, the kindling and the fire starts, and people say, look, it's the kindling that made the fire. No, it is the lightning that made the fire. You know, like, yes, I'm going to be that kind of man someday. You know, and like older me is like, well, it's actually the lightning and the kindling <laughs> the reaction that caused the fire. It's more complex than that, Mr. Carlyle. Um, so I personally like this this practice of going back and look at like look at all the people who helped you become who you are, um, and and taking the time to like reach out and express that gratitude to that person, um, and and it partially it comes out of the fact that I had the most wonderful affirming experience where a former student of mine who is now an adult was in a critique session and all the other students or practitioners in the room were getting dragged over their sound design. And this person reached out to me and and, and they hadn't, I hadn't talked to them in a while and they reached out and said like, thank you for always being so uptight about sound design because I am soaring through this critique where everybody else is getting dragged because they're not doing (laughs) word balloon placement. Right. And like I, and they, they, they took care to say, I had no idea how you were pre- preparing me so fundamentally when I was in your class, but now I'm grateful for it. I'm like, that is all I can ever ask for, right? That is, that's more than I can ask for, uh, for somebody to recognize that maybe in the moment they were giving me a little bit of pushback, but now they're seeing the benefit of, of having interacted with me, right?
1: So- oh, that's so awesome. It's like, it,
0: like w- the moment I felt that, I was like, I want other people to feel this.
1: <laughs>
0: this is good juice. Let's pass that around, please. So,
1: ah, that is beautiful. All right. I mean, why not? I mean, so here we are, chaining a practice again. Okay. But like, this is a great refinement. Thank you for that. That's (laughs) You know, like, so how? See, he's practicing it. Looking (laughs) back, looking back and considering the people who helped you become who you are, um, in in an exercise to, you know, uh, gather specific. Gratitude to share and then share it.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. And you know what else that does that reminds us that we're all interconnected and we all need and depend on one another, which is, I think, something that we could all do well to practice Mm -hmm. right now.
1: That's so beautiful. Let's let's do that. All right. That sounds fun.
0: All right. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Jersey. All right, here we are at the end of another episode of the Lean Into Artcast. And you know what I'm going to say? Um, I think I might have goofed on recording the video, Rob, so this might be an audio-only episode. Uh, in, in, the ex- right. in the experiment to make it a uh, Discord stream, I think in the first like two-thirds of the show, I had your audio doubled up on my recording. Uh, so I'll have to test it before I post it online, but, uh, or before I try posting online. But I think like it might be unusable. It might have like a lot of echo, but... So for those who rely on the YouTube video, I apologize. uh, But this is what happens when you experiment. Uh,
1: (coughs) Totally understandable. Mm.
0: Um, But I want to thank the folks who showed up to the Discord stream. Um, It was great to see you there and have you interacting with us. Um, I would love to do more of this and, you know, uh, interact with you live while we're doing the show and and make Discord... uh, as best we can a fun place to be. So uh I guess uh this is the part where I say thank you to Rob. Thank you for this discussion. Thank you, Jersey. And we record this great. show live every Thursday at uh well TBD, whether it's Discord or uh Twitch or wherever. We're working on it and we're continuing to iterate and improve. And we then we collect it as a podcast at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart. We'll be back with another episode next week. Until then, I have been Jersey Drozd of leanintoart.com and Jersey Drozd
1: at Instagram. And I've been Rob Stenzinger, also of leanintoart.com. And I'm Rob Stenzinger, all kinds of places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanintoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user LeanIntoArt, and you can reach us via email at LeanIntoArt at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.